Welcome to Songwriter Trists, an intimate podcast that interviews artists about the art of songwriting and find out more about the life behind the songs. I'm singer-songwriter Ray Lee, your host for this show. Music saved my life and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of songwriting, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. For more information on this podcast and the guests, visit songwritertrists.com. Welcome to a very special Christmas episode of Songwriter Trist with Pete Markstein. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for being or for having me. This is going to be great. I am excited to share a very, very special song and story that you have written with the audience. But I also want to start with, tell us who are you and where do you come from? Well, let's see. I am uh, uh, the son of a military guy. Uh, so I, I sort of come from a little bit of everywhere. Uh, we moved around a lot as I was growing up. I am uh, at this point in my life, I describe myself as just sort of a very uh, sort of a midlife ordinary guy leading a very ordinary life uh, surrounded by an incredible family. I do music um, sort of as uh, as an escape. Uh, I'm a uh, a bureaucrat is sort of the best way to say it. You know, I've got an office job, uh, a big commute in either direction, and uh, music for me is a way to connect with a component of my life and who I am that I just don't have any other outlets, no other opportunities to do so, uh, you know, in the course of an average day. Yeah, and everyone has an, a creative outlet, I think, and um, it's really important to have some way of expressing yourself and some way of letting it all out. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think there's there's something about it that's just good for the human condition. You know, in, in the best of times, I think people need a, a zone for themselves or uh, in which they feel like they best connect with other people. Um, and in these most unusual of times, uh, as it's been for a bit now, I think the importance of that is even greater. It is. I think that the isolation and separation and the disconnect and slowing down this year has been a big wake-up call for a lot of people and we are having to rethink what's important. How do we live this life and how do we make the most of the time we have on, on this earth? And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you was I wanted to talk to you about your beautiful Christmas song, Little Pink Kitty. It's such a tearjerker. But as a mother, I also know how important it is for us parents at this time of year to make it so magical for our beautiful children and to, you know, encapture the magic of what it is to be a child around this time of year. And um, I'm really looking forward to sharing that song and story with everyone who's listening. December 23rd, not too many years ago TV weatherman was promising snow Tucking my little angel in after bedtime prayers We bumped into Santa just a couple days before Ringing a bell outside a hardware store He wasn't taking orders, little hearts don't care She climbed right up on old St. Nick's knee Smiling back at her mama and me Told him the treasure she'd be looking for Christmas morn That night in her bed 
said she was counting down the list When I popped something her mom and I missed My baby girl's holiday wish we hadn't heard before He's bringing me a little pink kitty and he'll bring it right here Pretty green eyes and soft furry ears I know he'll remember me, I've been a very good girl I want a little pink kitty more than anything in the world Bodark hundred me and Poppy had a mission I didn't have to work, we weren't going fishing Just trying to help Santa make a Christmas wish come true We put a hundred miles on my old truck Couple rusty elves running low on luck With one more chore to check off before we were through We spent that day, every store in town Not a single toy aisle I didn't walk down I was out of options, losing my Yuletide cheer With daylight fading, Poppy said, boy No big deal, just buy another toy I shook my head and said, maybe I haven't been clear I need a little pink kitty and I need it right here To keep Santa Claus in business for just another year Keep those reindeer flying in a pretty little world I need a little pink kitty for my pretty little girl One last stop at the grocery store I was kicking myself, thought I should have done more To fill that empty wish waiting under our tree And across the street, peeking through the trees Twinkling lights just as pretty as you please Caught my eye and I felt my spirit soar There in the window staring at me the cutest little kitty cat you ever did see But the lights were going out so I made a beeline for the door A kind old lady on hearing my tale said Son, you're in luck, that kitty's on sale And she hugged my neck and said on second thought It's on me I had a little pink kitty for my girl the next morn I thought about that little barn where Grace was born It's not about the toys or the things we're given It's all about the stuff that makes life worth living If you've got love, you're rich beyond compare It's not over yet Few days later thought I'd try to repay That sweet little shopkeeper who saved the day Invite her to help my family ring in the new year So I went back to that very same spot Nothing but a pay-to-stay parking lot I asked the attendant, man, what's going on here? He said there hadn't been a toy store here for 20 years
such a beautiful song. Thank you so much for writing that and letting me share it with everyone. Tell me a little bit about you and when did you write your first song? Yeah, um, first song, let's see, um, probably my fifth anniversary. I think it was the fifth anniversary of my wedding. Uh, I think I was probably 26 or 27 years old. And I had been, uh, I bought a, uh, I grew up in a house where music wasn't really uh, an option. It was sort of um, academics and sports, and I, I drifted to sports. Um, I, I, very, I, I remember wanting to learn how to play the guitar and to play the guitar since I was a real little kid. Uh, we had a trumpet in the house, uh, so my dad and I compromised, and of course I played the trumpet. <laughs> and then uh, uh, about uh, 10th grade, 11th grade, I bought a box guitar from a friend and learned how to play half a dozen eagle songs you know at the beach bonfires and things like that and then i mostly just played other people's music and then uh long about our our fifth anniversary i I wrote a uh, an anniversary song for my for my bride and it was it was and probably still is by commercial standards pretty awful (laughs) but but it but but it meant a great deal to her it meant a great deal to me and that was sort of my first uh, my my first venture into the songwriting world. Wow! And you got married pretty young then. If that was your five year anniversary and you're 27, were you high school sweethearts or like how did yeah. you meet? Yeah, yeah we. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely were. Uh, I had um, I had I was uh, in the 12th grade, and my at the time girlfriend was in 10th grade, and uh, it, it was. Love at first sight, and it and it took all these years later. And we and we're very very fortunate. You know, people change an awful lot. Um, you know, between between their uh, mid late teens and we'll say mid late twenties, and we were very fortunate that though we both turned out to be very very different people in the end, we sort of were on these parallel paths, uh, changing. You know. Uh, in in close relation to one another, you know, as I, uh, I, I finished high school, um, and wanted to, you know, uh, be a highway patrolman and my wife was, and my girlfriend was going to be a bank teller. And, uh, we just took all sorts of different twists and turns and ended up in a completely different place, uh, all these years later. You're absolutely right. And that does happen to all of us. Yeah. You know, we, in relationships, it, it's not always hard. You have to work at it and sometimes you grow together or you grow apart, but um, it's a choice that we all make and, um, yeah, it's it's a hard truth, but I'm sure your wife loves it. Yeah, absolutely. You serenading her with music and, yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> part of it, part of it she has to is part of the marital, marital agreement, but I, <laughs> hopefully I've gotten substantially better over the years. I'm sure you have. <laughs> so... Tell me a little bit about coming from a home that doesn't have, you know, a lot of music. What is it that changed for you that made you start to actually do your music, write your songs and actually start sharing them with, with the world? Yeah. We, uh, I, I also spent, uh, I, I did a, a career uh, in the military and there were, they move you around, you know, you can sort of request where you would like to go, uh, but then you end up sort of where you end up. Uh, and my my wife and I said, you know, we wanted to be sort of in a major metropolitan area, you know, um, and we, we moved to Cheyenne, Wyoming, uh, which is, uh, it's not nowhere, but you can see nowhere from there. Uh, and, uh, 
there were there were at the time we both liked you know rock and roll and stuff like that and we when we got to Cheyenne um, a, a place that I dearly love by the way I need to say that right up front um, they played two kinds of music in Cheyenne Wyoming there was country and western nice. and uh, <laughs> and we there were sort of no other choices and I remember very early on being. Um, I'd never really given that genre of music a chance. And I remember very early on being struck by the extent to which something about consistent themes and the way they were expressed just really sort of grabbed me emotionally, um, viscerally, uh, you know, physical reaction wise in a way that, you know, I'd always, uh, I, I got a big kick out of, or I got a rush out of a good rock song or something like that when, you know, gearing up for a sports event or that sort of thing. Yeah. But I had not really experienced that melancholy is not the right word, sadness is not the right word, but just that sort of almost an instant intimacy resonating based on what the message of the song was. Um, and there were there were a number of them. Garth Brooks was big at the time. There were there were lots of lots of folks writing great touching country music. But um, I recall one that just it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was. Um, Kathy Matea, uh, where have you been? There had all but given up when she and Edwin fell in love. She touched his face and shook her head in disbelief. She sighed and said, In many dreams I've held. Now at last you're really here Where have you been? I've looked for you forever and a day Where have you been? I'm just not myself when you're away It is, um... It's absolutely it's it's absolutely heart stopping. It's a, it's essentially the um, you know plain Jane gal meets plain dude. They never thought they'd find each other, and and the line is she she says to him, "Where have you been? I've looked for you forever and a day. Where have you been? I'm just not myself when you're away." Yeah. And then the next verse is. He's late coming in off a road trip. He's a salesman and it's storming and she's worried about him and he comes in and then you hear the same line again. And then um, the, the last verse after the bridge, the last verse talks about, you know, she's, she's lost her memory. She can't remember names of her family. For six, you know, they were, they were in the same bed every night for 60 years. She heard him snore. Now they're in a hospital and separate beds on different floors. And she hasn't spoken. In, right. She, she hasn't spoken in years. I don't know if I can get through describing it to you without tearing up still. <laughs> she hadn't spoken in years. And then one, and one day they wheel him into uh, to her room and he holds her hand and strokes her head. And in a gentle voice, she said, where have you been? I've looked for you forever and a day. Oh. And it's just, I still, I, right? I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember it like it was yesterday. My wife and I were slow dancing, and uh, I just said, are you hearing this? Are you hearing this? And I was just this big, blubbering, you know, <laughs> pillar of mush on the dance floor. Claire soon lost her memory Forgot the names of family 
And it just sort of changed the way I appreciated music mm. uh, sort of from that point forward. Mm. I have to agree. You know, I didn't experience country music when I was a kid at all. It was all pop music or gospel church music because um, that's all I had access to. And, yeah, country music is like music evolution, you know. It, yet my idea of it before I knew about it was just like, you know, a guy playing banjo and spanking spoons, you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Oh, yeah. And like, I don't know, I was just completely warped idea and it really is like another level of consciousness and connection. And a lot of music is, you know, there's nothing wrong with music that helps us escape and lose our minds and, you know, just get on the dance floor or help us while we're exercising to just be able to focus and concentrate. But country music is this something that just pulls you in and allows you to get to know not just the person who's singing it or the person who wrote the song, but also allows you to get to know yourself, you know, just like a little bit deeper. And it's just absolutely incredible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So you moved there because of the army and you had no choice and you introduced to country music because you had no choice, which honestly happened to me too. So, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but it happened in the best way. And if you're listening to this podcast and you think of, you know, no country music is terrible, then honestly you haven't experienced <laughs> it properly. Um, but Amen. I just, you know, when Amen. I meet those people. I agree completely. Yep. Yeah. When I smile and uh, I meet those people, I just smile and I think, you know what, you'll get there one day. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I mean, it's just one of those things. That's, a, that's exactly right. There's, there's, there's two types of country western fans: those that those that are, and those that will be. Absolutely. <laughs> so, all right, tell me more about your music and you, and what it is you're hoping to achieve by sharing your music with the rest of the world. I hope to achieve a a connection a resonance sort of on an emotional level. Um, I have, I've, I've tried lots of different, I am, I'm sort of singer songwriter, uh, country genre, light country genre. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I love to try, I love playing, um, some edgier rock stuff. I've, I've been fortunate to, to ha- be able to play with some friends that, that are in that genre. I would love to do that myself. Every time I've tried, it sort of comes out like Cat Stevens singing, you know, Back in Black you know, or something like that. And it's just really not, it's, a, it's, it's not good at all. So I, I, my go-to is, um, is sort of that light country genre. Um, and what I hope to do, uh, if you listen to the different stuff that I have out on, um, out in the universe on iTunes and such, uh, you, you won't necessarily hear as much of a signature sound. I write for different people. I've had 
Um, I sing some of my own stuff. I've had uh, other male and female vocalists sing other stuff. And you, the sound from one track to the next is not ne- necessarily uh, signature or, or immediately recognizable as being written by me. What I hope is, though, is the feel. Um, I like to write about life's highs and lows, you know, things that people can relate to on, a, on that visceral sort of gut level. Rough spots in a marriage, for example. You know, anybody's, anybody who's ever been in any sort of long-term relationship, if, if you can access that same sort of headspace where they are in that moment, I hope the song that I wrote about that subject, for example, will bring them some comfort or uh, at least a sense of shared empathy that others have been through this and you'll make it through and it'll be okay. So if, if, if there's an overarching objective, it's, it's the hope that what I write and what I make um, touches people on an emotional level that they can relate to. Wow. I mean, I think that's your trailer for your podcast right there. It's just so authentic and honest and true and inspiring. And if I'm honest, that very thing is exactly why I do what I do in this podcast. It's all about that rawness of allowing us to be human and feel and talk about it. And yes. We need permission to talk about our feelings and, you know, just, yeah, and music allows us to do that and art allows us to do that. So it's absolutely just beautiful. You know, like... <laughs> yes. I I don't even really know what music is. I don't know. I, I can't explain it to anyone. It just feels good. And, like, that's what it's all about, right? It's just, <laughs> it just feels good and we've just got to keep going. Yes. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it is really hard to put into words, but it it can. I think I, I I had heard on one of your podcasts you use the term reset. You know, music can reset you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. And I was yeah. in the middle in the middle of a you know a, a a fifty minute traffic congested commute into the city this morning, and not in a you know not in the best headspace. And I couldn't find anything on the channel that I was, you know, there was no music on the on the particular station that I was tuned into. And I, I hit a button and it, it took me over to an oldie station and it was Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons, December of 63. Oh, nice. And in an instant, I went from being that angry commuter guy to the dude whose head's bobbing and I'm drumming on the dashboard and it turned around my whole morning. Uh, and, and I don't That's know of anything. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't know of anything else in the human condition that's capable of bringing around that sort of a profound change in a person's psyche, and and yet be not damaging to the liver or other organs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I totally get exactly what you're saying, and I definitely self-medicated with music probably my entire life without even knowing what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if it was possible to take whatever it is that music does to our bodies and to our souls and put it in a bottle, someone would have done it by now. Indeed, <laughs> you indeed. Know? But we can't. We just have to listen to it and listen to lots of it is what I recommend. But it can just absolutely transform your day. I actually think that's the reason the song Let It Go from Frozen, you know that one, was just so successful because it's just like impossible to sing that song and not feel amazing. Yeah. You know, it, it just, 
let it go, let it go. And it just, you know, <laughs> That's, yeah, it pulls yeah, you away. That is so true. <laughs> that just, is so true. You can't I, do it. It's impossible. It's, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you, did you ever see, there was a, a wonderful video on YouTube for some time and it was, um, it was, uh, there's American uh, Marines in an encampment yeah. somewhere in South, Southwest Asia. And they're in like a break room in the middle of nowhere. And um, that, <laughs> for whatever, that's the movie that all these Marines are watching. And that song yeah. comes on and with absolutely unapologetic abandon, they all come to their feet and they know every word and start singing it. It was magnificent. <laughs> And you're 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 so so right. It's impossible to hear that and not feel something. And that, that's just that's that's what I dig. I would I would love to be able to do that. Well, I think you have, and I think you do. It's probably just that not a lot of people are aware of it. You know, you're not Disney. You can't market to the world um, through a, a movie. But I think that you have. So I'm I'm interested to find out more about this Christmas song, Pink Little Kitty, because Pink Little Kitty has done that to me. It's just so, such a touching song. Tell us more about it. All right. Um, uh, Yep, yep. Uh, Little Pink Kitty Christmas. My, based entirely on a true story. Uh, When Mm -hmm. when my my daughter was four years old, it was, uh, I was tucking her into bed and uh, it's two days before Christmas, so it's December 23rd, and she's very excited because Santa's coming and it's going to be great. And so I, at one point, you know, we did our prayers and I said, you know, t- tell me what are you most excited about? And she was going down the list of things that she was uh, expecting Santa to bring her. And mm-hmm. I mean, and as she's going down her list, I'm going, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. And then she says, and a little pink kitty. And at the time, my, my daughter, who is now uh, just an absolutely incredibly talented uh, playwright, performer, singer, she's in New York yeah. City. Um, wow. She's an incredibly talented young lady, but she had a vivid event, imagination even back then. She had a, a large collection of stuffed animals, but all of them had, you know, detailed backstories and dossiers. <laughs> and, you know, she had these elaborate, wow. you know... Uh, this elaborate world. So mm. when she says she was look, expecting a stuffed animal, this is a big deal. Mm. So and I knew I hadn't gotten it. Um, <laughs> so after, after I got her all settled into bed, I went downstairs and asked my wife, what's the deal with the pink kitty? And my wife said, dude, I got, I got no idea what you're talking about. So, oh, no. you know, the mission was on. Uh, <laughs> the next morning at probably 4.45, uh, my father-in-law, God love him, uh, and I were, we got in my truck and we commenced a citywide search mm. looking for a little pink stuffed animal kitty cat. And wow. uh, by about 4.45 in the afternoon, um, we had hit every toy store in 25 miles. Mm. And all I had to show for my efforts was a uh, a white beanie baby cat and s- some red clothing dye and a spritzer bottle. <laughs> you know, I right. figured if any, oh, no. I wasn't going to be completely empty handed, but... I was just crestfallen, you know, because she had these, she had those four-year-old stars in her eyes and was yeah. just, I mean, she, she one of those. <laughs> wrinkled up her hands and, you know, scrunched her face when she talked about how excited she was about this little pink kitty. Mm. And I was just heartbroken at the notion of her not having it on Christmas morning. So we're walking across the parking lot. We had to pick up some groceries for a, uh, a, a sort of a little family get-together that mm. night. Yep. And we're get, walking into the grocery store 
and I can hear a little bell ringing on a, you know, on a door. And for whatever reason, I looked right down across the parking lot. And in a little no, you know, no brand name mom and pop card store, there was a little old lady locking up the store. And uh, right, right smack dab in the window is this beautiful stuffed pink cat. And I (laughs) sprinted across the parking lot and caught her about halfway to her car. And about, (laughs) about the time she realized I wasn't there to try and grab her purse or anything like that, (laughs) you know, I I caught my breath. I told her the story. She walked me back over to the store, uh, opened it up, gave me the pink cat. Wouldn't let me pay, pay a dime for it. Uh, gave me, gave, gave me a big hug and said, I hope your little girl has a Merry Christmas. Oh, what a beautiful story. It, it's like a real life Christmas miracle. It is just to this to this day. I I literally consider that uh, you know I I I did at the time until this day. I consider it just sort of it's one of those modern day you know Christmas miracles that this yeah. fate had uh, you know conspired against me and thrown up a number of obstacles in the path and mm. something about the positivity and good vibe of the season was just not going to let a little girl be disappointed and uh, and it was it was fantastic. A couple of days later, I went by to to. Uh, bring her some cookies and um there were two young ladies in the store and um i don't know whether they were shining me on or or or, or what but they both kind of said i don't know who you're talking about you know we we i didn't think we were open that night or something and i you know in the one instant i thought oh, i'll come back tomorrow and see if i can find her but no, i just elected to to leave it in the category of the unexplainable uh and and that was uh so so that's my that's my little pink kitty christmas story for my daughter yeah she was she came downstairs on Christmas morning, and my my in laws were here. Um, we have two beautiful children, and it was just a yeah. you know an embarrassment of riches. You know, grandma and grandpa brought lots of toys, and she didn't care what else was in the room. She ran straight to that little pink kitty. So, yeah, it was a good it was a good Christmas. Oh, and I absolutely get that being a mother of three, and my youngest is four as well. So, yeah, oh, this, God bless you. <laughs> this Christmas is going to be a big one, but. Um, I do like to ask people about co-writing in this podcast. So, have you done much co-writing or collaborated with people before? Uh, I am a, a very recent add to that adventure. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I I had uh, purely through happenstance uh, realized that uh, a, a coworker of mine uh, was was very musical. Uh, had all, all sorts of hidden musical talents that that I was completely unaware of. He is actually. It's it's not an exaggeration to say he's sort of a um, a virtuoso metal guitarist, uh, and wow. and on first bl- and and on first blush you would think well you know do you guys really have that much in common musically musically and and the short mm-hmm. answer is the extent of his skill the I had um, I was noodling around with a song uh, and I asked him if I could. I'd email it to him and see if he, you know, if he had any thoughts and, you know, we'd, we'd sort of trade tracks, uh, digitally. And I was expecting, you know, just, uh, you know, something that was a, sort of an awkward fit in my genre. And it is, it's as though he's been playing singer songwriter stuff for 30 years. You know, um, if you tell him to tell him whatever style you're, 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 you're looking for. Um, so we, we've collaborated on, on three songs now. And, uh, it's funny. We're almost never in the same room when we're doing it. You know, we're, we're doing most of it. Uh, he lives in West Virginia and I live in Virginia and, uh, yeah. we, uh, you know, we're, we're, so we're, we're trading files and I have been, I've been really astounded at how well it works. I, 
in my mind, there's there's never any replacement for being in the same room together. There's something synergistic about that sort of positive energy you trade when you occupy the same space. I think, but um, it this this really has been the next best thing for me. And whereas I can play a passable guitar and carry a tune, <laughs> this guy's just devastatingly talented. So it's, he's also really up to my game. Uh, so it, yeah, it's been a really positive experience. Yeah, I think I, I know exactly what you mean. I definitely consider myself a songwriter who sings and attempts to play guitar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things, if we have people around us that are better than us, then they strive us and, and encourage us to be better and we don't get complacent. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. I think I have to agree though with like co-writing in the same room. There's just an energy there that... You just can't yeah. get when you're online. It's just completely different. But I have done a few co-writes yes. where it's been online and, you know, or even just via email and, you know, you send me a bit, I'll send back a little bit and then, then they send back a little bit. And, like, it has actually really worked. I, I've been really surprised at how it's worked for me. But, yeah, it's just different in every single case, you know. But I, I wasn't expecting to have such good results from co-writing online versus co-writing uh, in person. Yeah, it really is pretty, it really is pretty incredible. I don't, I don't know that we will ever go back to the old normal, you know, there, there, mm. there may be some sort of hybrid of new normal. Hopefully it's got a lot more, you know, personal contact than where we are right now. But the, mm-hmm. I sometimes, sometimes adversity breeds, uh, you know, ingenuity and it, it, it really has, I think, opened doors for some people, uh, myself included to do more of that than I would have thought would have been, you know, a fruitful endeavor. Mm. Let me ask you this. What is the best advice you think you've ever been given? Don't let self-doubt keep you from trying one of the most enjoyable experiences you'll have as a grown-up. You know, just, just do it. You know, if you want to, if you want to go play an open mic night, um, you'll have butterflies if you've never done it before. And, and it's, and it's funny. I had as a, as a, a working adult, I spent 30 plus years. I was a, a, a trial lawyer and a whole host of other things. And, you know, I, I, I'm completely comfortable speaking to crowds uh, up until about um, three years ago, the notion of playing a guitar and singing in front of a crowd uh, almost made me break out in a cold sweat. And I had a very oh, good friend say, <laughs> just, just, you know, just do it. You know, nothing bad is going to happen. Just, just do it. And, mm. you know, don't, don't let self-doubt stop you from having this great time. And it was just really, really wonderful advice. Mm. Oh, that is really good advice. I, um, I was exactly the same. That's, that's my story. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I think it was last November I did my first ever open mic night. You're kidding. Yeah. yeah, nah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's like you've been doing this forever. Uh, no. I've, um, well, I was a closet songwriter, so I was songwriting in my bedroom for a long time, but I would never sing them for anyone else. So. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's, um, it's something that took me a very, very long time to have the courage to believe in myself and actually start sharing some of these songs and my soul and just being who I am for the rest of the world and actually sharing who I am with the rest of the world. Yeah. So. It's hard, isn't it? Um, yeah, just be brave and go out there and just do wow. it. Yeah. I, um, my first open mic night, there was like 300 people there for like a wedding rehearsal and I didn't know that <laughs> that is not normal, no. a normal number for an open mic night. And um, so I think if right. I had have known. <laughs> right, right. 
if I had have known, I probably wouldn't have done it. But I just, I had built up all the courage in my body, every ounce that I could get just to get up there and do it. And so I just did it. And that was the best night of my oh, wow. life. Yeah. It was, That's cool. Thank you. So yeah, no, I, I encourage everyone if you're a closet songwriter or you're afraid of doing something that you love in public, um, you never know what's going to happen when you, when you just step out there and do it. And I just, you know, I wasn't afraid of the fact that I'm older or I'm a mom and I've got three kids wow. and I'm not going to go and be a rock star or anything like that. You know, you've just got to follow your heart and do what your body's telling you to do. Yeah, I, I, I remind people all the time, you never you never get too old or too senior in what you're doing for your day job or anything like that. You never get too old to appreciate having somebody tell you, good job, that was great. You know, it's it's amazing how far, you know, what that does for, you know, your psyche and your soul in terms of whether or not, you know, how you approach that next day. songwriter or someone who was younger and just wanted to start writing? I can tell you just for me, the thing that really opened a door and, and took me from uh, my, my, my first effort, as I said, that was really bad <laughs> and, to, and mm. to doing stuff that I'm, I'm very proud of. Uh, and it's going to sound odd maybe because the first impulse is usually something that's more ethereal, like what's your inspiration? What's this? What's that? Dedicate a little bit of thought to structure and how songs are built. The songs that seem to appeal to me most, and therefore the ones I like to write the most, are the ones that sort of tell a story. They, they have sort of a story arc and some sort of, ideally, not all of them, but ideally some sort of turnaround at the end. You know, and it it took me a while. I I knew there were songs that I was really drawn to, and I really loved, and I would play over and over again. But I never really stopped to think what components about the song were appealing. You know, about those particular songs I was drawn to more than other songs that sort of were the same genre. You know, maybe the same instrumentality and that kind of thing. And it wasn't. I, so I started to try and look at the songs that I really really liked, and and assess what the structure was and then i just tried to sort of replicate that and uh you know it it, it took a you know some trial and error up front but uh yeah that that for me and it's, pro- it's probably fairly simplistic you know it's it's verse verse bridge you know verse outro and just mm-hmm. having that little set of structure to sort of focus on really helped sort of bring things together for me mm. yeah no that's great all right, last question for you. If wow. you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and why? I only get one? Well, you can choose whoever you want. You can have a few if you really want to. Yeah, <laughs> I can think just for, you know, for, um, for, uh, for fun, party, you know, the, 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 what we had talked about earlier, you know, the sort of uh, just – no, no, no meaning other than enjoying the the joyful noise of the moment kind of thing. Uh, Jimmy Buffett, yeah. you know. Um, okay. Jimmy Buffett on a on a 
on a catamaran um, for the... <laughs> For the st- right on a cat- with the sun, say sun going down and dolphins in the water. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and then I, I, uh, I, I grew up hearing a lot of this guy in our house, and I it, it probably shaped a lot of the way I approached songwriting and the sentimentality I hope to bring to it. Uh, John Denver, um, I I really liked, uh, and I I, I think it was I liked so much of what he did. Uh, and I like the, the kind of vibe he brought to the way he delivered it too. So I, uh, yeah, I would so I'll say Jimmy yeah. Buffett and John Denver, if I can have two. Yeah, of course you can. Cool. Um, I'd have all of them if I could. <laughs> Is there anything else that you would like to share with us all? Um, no, if you, you know, I, I, I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to, to get a chance to talk with you. I've listened to a lot of your music and love it. Uh, and I've, I've, Aww, I've been, I've been through so many of your podcasts and I enjoy Aww, them that's all. That's really I'm sweet. Thank thrill- you so much. I'm thrilled, thrilled to have an opportunity to have a chance to talk with you. And uh, uh, you know what? I'll add a, I'll, I'll add a third to my, to my, to my co-writer list. Um, yeah, okay, if you're, if you're ever, you know, if you'd ever be interested in, uh, in co-writing, I'd, I'd love to send some stuff your way. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the reasons I do what I do is I get to meet people and this is the conversation that we have with people before we start co-writing anyway. So, um, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm always open to creatively mashing a song baby out with someone. So, yeah, yeah. Let me know if you have any ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much for joining me on A Songwriter Trist. It's Christmas time and I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. You're, you're, you're clearly meant to be doing this. Thanks for joining our songwriter Trist today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Please leave a review and subscribe. To support the podcast or contact me or our guests, please go to the website songwritertrists.com no one can hear me.